You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Pure Ubu, Dub Housing. On the line, I have Rob. Sup? Ben. Hey, hey, boozy sailors. Boy, that sounds swell. Kyle. Hi there. Dub Housing is the second album by American rock band Pure Ubu, released in 1978 by Chrysalis Records. The producer was Pure Ubu and Ken Hammond, and the genre is post-punk. And I'm going to read from the book, David Nicholas. Having defined their own hard rock proto-punk style, Pure Ubu had a gold mine that they could have tapped for a few more years at least. Instead, brilliantly contrary, they created a whole new sound that, while still distinctively Ubu, showed them to be miles ahead of their peers. With its eerie two-color cover and song titles that reference film, music, and catchphrases of days gone by, this was music of honesty and warmth, that was simultaneously creepy and exciting. The album came cheaply, quickly, and with a lot of spontaneity. Guitarist Tom Herman now says that the group were, quote, we're just beginning to realize we wouldn't be commercial, but that nevertheless that hoped to herald a time when music would move away from being a product and back to being expressions of artists' musicality and emotional visions. We all remembered the excitement of the period of change from uh, Neil Siddiqui, Fabian, etc. to the Beatles, Moby Grape, and Hendrix. Every member makes a special contribution here, though it is, of course, Dave Thomas's unusual and distinct vocals that stick in many listeners' minds. On dub housing, Thomas' own whimsical musings finally grow wings. The rousing Hey Hey Boozy Sailors refrain of Caligari's Mir, uh, Ubu Dance Party, one of Thomas's many quote, walking songs, and the irresistible flip-flopping of Navy. This is the biggest leap the group ever made and very satisfying. All right, what do we think of Pierre Ubu, Dub Housing? Fuck yeah! It's so good! (laughs) Boy, that sounds well. Yeah. (laughs) I'd I'd never heard this album, uh, and I love it. I wish I had heard it 20 years ago. Same. This album is great. This This thing's a beast. Yeah. This is weird and amazing it's like going into a different spectrum of music it's crazy cleveland <laughs> cleveland cleveland rock and roll the spectrum is called cleveland <laughs> where's the code key howard <laughs> was that said in cleveland cleveland yeah, yeah cleveland. man come on <laughs> That's a Howard the Duck reference, y'all. <laughs> you don't have to explain it to him. The, the fucking dorks that listen to this know it's a Howard the Duck reference. <laughs> like, 
but yeah, this this <laughs> album has a very Howard the Duck feel. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like what the fuck is this? But I like it. <laughs> it's like Cleveland style, man. Yeah, ducks and post punk. <laughs> <laughs> this felt like it felt when uh, I I was not familiar with Pierre Ubu before starting this project, and so this kind of came out of nowhere for me. And yeah, I had the same reaction. All you were. I was like, oh, this is the liars. This is Arab on radar. This is the rapture. This is pavement. This is talking head. Like all of these bands I had heard, I was like, oh, they were looking at this band. Like they were inspired by this band. And it it brought a flood of, you know, different elements of of what they're trying to do. And at the same time, I feel like they're the they're trying to do the can thing, the kraut rock thing in the middle of the the United States of just being like this is rock and roll, but if we wanted to make post rock, like this is what we think it would sound like something that's not rock. Avant garage. Avant Avant garage. Anti rock rock. Man, there's still like for, for, for being arguably anti rock, there's still a handful of songs or at least sections of songs that I can just shake my ass to on this album. Caligari's here for the fucking win, man. Yeah, dude. Was not expecting that chorus to come out of out of, out of the start of that song. That <laughs> or like when uh, Ubu. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead. No, I, I want someone else who's more eloquent to elaborate on what I just said. Rob, you, you I would imagine that uh, Caligari's mirror would be a, a perennial favorite at uh, Turbo Jugend parties. I heard it at one of them. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do with the boozy sailor? Come on, man! <laughs> <It's fucking> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I need to need to introduce it to the to the to the navy. It's so good. Hey, hey, boozy sailors! What do you guys think of uh, the the song after Caligari's Mirror? Thriller. Wonderful. Thriller. It's great. It, that- Did anyone listen to a uh, Red Crayola? Uh, the group has anyone heard them before? No, I've I- heard of them. I'd have not heard them. I guess they were on tour uh, with them um, for this record in the UK, and they were doing weird stuff like busing in, uh, yeah, from like London uh, into a cave. They were playing in caves with this band called Red Crayola. They were also playing with like Human League and like Nico. But apparently, that song you were talking about, Thriller, Thriller, is a big Red Crayola uh, influenced by that group. It's like a weird sound collage. That's yeah, yeah. And if you're listening to it, in every song on this record, Thriller, like there's definitely some switching left and right kind of effects that yeah it's a panning back and forth (laughs) yeah this music uh they brought in a lot of these background sounds too which makes it very eerie they bring in these uh almost recorded it sounds like a movie playing in the background while a band is playing it's it's unsettling in some capacity because you're it's not quite it doesn't quite line up and so you're always kind of on edge to wonder like what is actually happening. Did someone accident, did you accidentally push play on a a video on your computer or, or, you know, like something else seems to be happening. I did think it was cool too. I had read that they were influenced by television because they actually brought them to Cleveland in 1975. Laffner uh, brought them to support, uh, was it rocket when they were in the band rocket? Rocket That's from the Tombs. Rocket from the Tombs. And afterward, uh, they had they broke up in, in Rocket, and then they t- they formed Pure Ubu. But the theory was that they wanted to be a punk rock group, but they, they, they kind of failed at creating a punk rock group, and they created this instead. Also, it blows my mind. They thought 
they thought this was commercial music. <laughs> if, if, their, if their model of punk rock was television, then they're, they're flawed from concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were looking at that band and th- saying, oh, that's punk rock. Tele- television's punk rock because they were grandfathered in. Who's a, th- there's already this band playing CBGBs. They're, they're punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone want to talk about Captain Beefheart? It comes up all the time on every review of yeah. this album and the comparison to, to this album. Does anybody see that? Anybody want to? I heard it. Rob, did you hear that? I don't I don't think so much Trap Mask Replica, but maybe, uh, what is it? Uh, safe safe milk. Like Milk. So Safe as Milk. Um, I, I don't think that this hits the weird disjointed stuff that uh Beefheart was doing with this seem trap mac trap mask replica makes this seem like accessible <laughs> kind of um nicely polished pop gems yeah um i get i get why it's brought up but i i don't know if it's necessarily like uh i mean you could throw just zappa like yeah. And it and it, you get the same like effect, you know. Totally. Uh, this I still think that this just reeks of like cultural wasteland. Make your own fun rock that is the Midwest. So like it it, it doesn't surprise me that this is coming out of like you know art school kids like in Cleveland. Yeah, I get that too. Right. Yeah, it was said too that I mean Captain Beefheart apparently had a very very good vocal range but thomas actually had a greater range of dynamics you would never know it from this sort of uh strange falsetto he puts on most of the songs but i guess he had a very good range of uh of singing he could could sing yeah very well so that that makes what he's doing on this even like more impressive because (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to un to to do a thing wrong on purpose like I, I don't know if that that's necessarily what i meant to say but it, it kind of like it, it's much harder to be able to sing and then like intentionally go off key which yeah. he does constantly <laughs> i had also uh there had also been comparisons too to different people like brian eno what he had been doing with music concrete bringing in electronic keyboards uh sort of revolutionary uh revolutionizing the sort of compatibility of keyboards with music, Roxy music, um, and kind of sticking those in as, as you know, Eno would say sound treatments. What do you guys think about those sound treatments, the sort of bleeps and bloops that are intertwined within this record? I, I found that there were way less bleeps and bloops on this record than there was on uh, modern dance. Like I thought I found that the keyboard was actually like doing more melodic things uh, and not specifically with the track, not, not with thriller. Uh, thriller is just a weird collage, but I think for the most part, like I actually wrote down, like he's the keyboardist is actually like making musical sounds with the, as opposed to not. And I was still here for it. So I don't know. I, I, I don't 
I think it, I think that was more present with the uh, the other record. Yeah, and, and unlike Eno, it's not necessarily I, like a treatment played or put on an instrument. It's a separate sound selection that's being used, right? I mean, it's not like oh, I'm going to run the guitar through this, or I'm going to sample it or change it that way. It's it's a straight up. Oh, okay, I'm going to make an, an original sound, or I'm going to use a recording and change it, right? Yeah, that's what the, the keyboardist is doing. Like, and yeah, but and, best and of my I, knowledge, he's still just using that same same rig that he had on the last one, but not not going just for making noises. But I, I'm I am repeating myself a whole bunch. Kyle, what did you have to say? Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, it's not as noisy. Um. But I did get a huge uh, Eno Roxy music vibe off of a uh, Ubu dance party. Did anyone mm-hmm. else get that? Oh yeah, it, it, it sounds almost like pressure drop, right? If you listen to it, it sounds a yeah. bit like pressure drop, <laughs> which is which is uh, what, that song. The By the end of that song, I was just like smiling uncontrollably. I don't know. I really <laughs> like this record a whole bunch. Um, it just kept getting better. Yeah, repeated listen listenings too. It it definitely. It's it's real dense. It it feels like the some of that Zappa stuff or that beef art stuff where it's like, damn, something else is going on here. But yeah, repeated listenings definitely help me. It makes me want to be like a wedding DJ just for when someone <laughs> requests that I play Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys want Thriller? <laughs> hey, can you play uh, you Thriller? Want- <laughs> I fucking can. <laughs> uh, y'all want something you can tap your toe to, huh? <laughs> Are y'all in information for your spooky line dance? Well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kids crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh i did read a beautifully written uh review by norman writing who i'm not familiar with his 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 uh his work but he said thriller is a quote a loudspeaker blathering slow vortexes of aqueous resonance overcut by deformed clamorous and hollow cries, defi- disfigured piano from ghostly fingers in a deserted auditorium, clangorous electronics, quick footsteps creaking in the dark, slow down tape. I mean, it has it, it just goes on like that for the entire <laughs> uh, review of the different songs. It's really good. That's cool. Uh, this record's and also really funny. It's hilarious. Really funny? I mean, yeah. It's really funny. If you look at the lyrics, it's hilarious. Like even on like the darkest songs, like uh, on Codex, he's he just shrieks. Uh, Here come my shoes. Here comes me. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's awesome because it's. I mean, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's a an attempt to kind of deflect like how earnest some of these lyrics are, but me. Like, I did like the flip flop, flip flop. Yeah. Well, you've got these arms and legs. They flip flop. <laughs> when I saw him, he had a cane and he wasn't, the legs weren't flip flop. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's strange for this record because it's, it's one of those things where you're like, you feel like a, I think I would feel weird recommending it straight off to someone without sort of without coming off as sounding high minded, I guess, because it's a dense record. But if you can if you can get into it, it's really good. 
It sounds well, it depends on who you're recommending it to. True, true. I, I would I would recommend this album to you without any kind of preface. Yeah. I mean, I you do need somebody who's kind of like, oh, they like talking heads, they like post-punk stuff, they like weird electronic noises. Like they're okay with a lead singer who does oh, yeah. funky affectations, you know, they they're good with bizarre classical instruments. Like those things are all birch, but that's not, that's not, that's not your average person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it it would have to be someone you knew, you know, was okay with flaming lips. Uh, some of those other bands that are just willing to kind of go there, get out, get out on the, the edges of, of what rock is, I guess. And I wish someone had recommended this album to me. Yeah, totally. I know we, I, I talked about this when we were, when we were covering modern dance, but yeah, just like, in late teens, early 20s in Bloomington in the early 2000s, being in bands and listening to bands, the fact that, you know, like that, that band that I was in, Mount Gigantic, the fact that I don't think any of us had heard her blows <laughs> my mind because I, we were like trying to do this type of stuff, but did not have our, 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 our history in check, you know? <laughs> and speaking of history, Modern Dance came out 10 months before this album. Like it's a span of 10 months. These two albums mm-hmm. come out that fast together. Yeah, it's like uh, that first Sabbath record and the second one. Or like I think Creedence, that might, that might have been his entire months. career. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Credence's big year and a half. <laughs> uh, this this definitely, for me, breaks the sophomore slump, right, of an album. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, man, yeah. We haven't even... It's hard to pick a favorite between Modern Dance and this, and I don't... They're similar, but they're not the same. <laughs> and they're both really good. I don't think I could pick a favorite. I couldn't do a Sophie's Choice. I like them both. I think I'd I have like to go with more. this. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with Dub Housing. There's just, there's something about the, uh, yeah, you might be right. There might be more noise uh, and eccentric things on modern dance, but I feel like Dub Housing has the right blend of mm-hmm. out there weird stuff, but still in this very rock centric format mm-hmm. yeah, dub housing definitely makes you bop your head more than modern dance does on, on average <laughs> yeah. it's also very funny it makes me smile more i think I had to look up the word syllogize. Do you guys know what syllogize means? Like a syllogism? No. Syllogism? no. Uh, uh, like using syllogisms? Yeah. Okay. Like, is that, isn't a syllogism like a three-part truth? Is that what a syllogism is? I knew you would know this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but where does syllogize come up? Does it come up in one of the lyrics? It comes up in the song Dub Housing. Okay. Why don't, why don't you tell the word? Because I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> and then I'll tell oh, you the word I learned from this album. <laughs> uh I'm just going to use an example of it. Uh, All dogs are animals. All animals have four legs. Therefore, all dogs have four legs. That is a syllogism. Yeah. You you use it in in geometry a lot sometimes, I think, like for proofs. Uh, Exactly. The word that I learned from this album was (laughs) spottyotty. Did any of you guys know what (laughs) spottyotty meant before this album? 
I just thought it was no. I didn't that look that Came up in songs. I, I, this is the only time I've ever heard Spadiati in a song in in drinking wine Spadiati. It apparently is the practice of pouring all the dregs of various bottles together and then drinking that. <laughs> oh, I know exactly it, what that is. Yeah, we've all done it. We just didn't know what it was called. <laughs> it, comes up in, it comes up in, I think, a few Outcast songs. I think on uh, Quemini. Oh. Huh. Like Spodioti Dopalicious Angel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm into Sounds it. about right. <laughs> Yeah, the only, the only thing that I've learned word-wise that this album taught me was that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses call themselves dubs. Mm-hmm. And that dub housing, it, it could be the lead singer who grew up Jehovah's Witness, like, talking about the, the upbringing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Him and Prince are the only two I know that uh, made music. So Them J-dubs. I, yeah. Dubs. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and listen to the rest of the record unless you guys have something more to say. I'll just I'll, I'll say another quote from Norman uh, writing about this album. It says, With dub housing produced in a more professional manner, the visionary tone is accentuated by the atmosphere, uh, becomes even more ominous. Everyday life is brought back by a demonic ritual whose victims scream in potently in total silence all the songs are immersed in an atmosphere of madness and desperation more languid and melancholy than its preceding disc a far away from its red hot industrial climate the album is a hymn of total depression akin to the mood and shading of an expressionist cinema (laughs) i can't say it better than that I mean, I feel like that paints it with like a darker brush. Like we're all here smiling and s- s- giggling into the abyss, but like, <laughs> yeah, it has a bit of a for art. I guess it's not just an art movement, but it does have a bit of that surrealist artist uh, Dada element of poetry over you know multi-phrased poetry over other poetry um, in elements that are just disconnected in the background going over the songs it's really weird like listening to it while we're recording this too i kept thinking my uh my equipment was messing up because i was hearing (laughs) these buzzes in the background i was like oh shoot what happened nope just the record man here we are smiling into the abyss but again if you can't smile into the abyss you ain't shit yeah, I feel like this is the this is the album for now. <laughs> you yeah, know? right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for the for the now. I feel like I've been smiling into the abyss for the better part of a decade. <laughs> Scream <laughs> silently in your heart, please. <laughs> uh, do do we need to go around the room? Everyone seems pretty positive. Does anybody? Uh, this, this album's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. real fucking good, man. Okay, wow. I I thought maybe we'd have uh someone. Say yeah, not for me, but okay. All positives. Consensus is reached on Para Ubu. I think that uh, uh, the Midwestern post-punk uh, uh, rubs our aesthetic the the right way. Yeah, uh, as this, as this group of gentlemen yeah. Uh, on this chat. Yeah, I think that is that is we have found a consensus that we uh, we seem to like the post-punk. Let's cool. start a band. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not doing anything, man. I, I got time. <laughs> yeah, we need to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just imagining this on one of those. Band? Yeah, well, just this on one of the uh, uh, polls or whatever, being like, uh, "Want to start a band?" And 
inspirations pure ubu <laughs> like frank zappa <laughs> like, just some really random bands you'd get the right folks i guess you would yeah all right next time we'll be talking about the only ones yeah. the only ones Woo-hoo! all right thanks y'all